0: Hello everybody, I'm Phil Brandt, president and CEO of AIM Employers Association and welcome to This Week at Work.
1: This Week at Work is the only show about the workplace that offers you front row seats and a microphone featuring experts in human resources and employment law to bring you practical, timely and accurate insights so you can more effectively lead your organization. It's Thursday, October 26th, episode 254, today. As Halloween approaches and the new year looms on the horizon, the future of 2024 brings both mystery and promise for employers. We'll embark on an enlightening journey into the heart of pivotal workplace matters with special guest Michael Masikovich, our compensation expert. Mikey Mack will unlock the mysteries of wage increases and pay band adjustments and even step into the unforgiving realm of pay equity. Get ready to see your grasp of these workplace dynamics transform. All this and more on This Week at Work. All right. How about that? Whose voice was that there, um, Nick? That was actually my daughter's voice. She was in while we were doing some recording yesterday, and hmm. and I thought she wanted to give her a shot at, at acting, and I, I think oh. she did a pretty good job. She's think, got a
2: career,
0: yeah. Uh, you're starting her young. That's a great. You have a beautiful young daughter. I've I've met her, and uh, she's welcome to be uh, our voice in the background anytime. I like it better than Monique's voice. But, Mikey, how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We're getting ready in North Carolina for an 85-degree day, so uh, summer's back. And, and Phil, it looks like uh, you probably need a little tan. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, you're going somewhere to get that.
0: Yeah, well I'm uh, I'm down at our Orlando office today. We have our Wayfinder event tomorrow. Um it's going to be a great program. Uh we have um what I like about it is we're able to produced a program here in Florida. We have over 110 people joining us online. I know Mike, your team is gonna be down here as a sponsor and and helping uh, those that are in need with compensation. We got Andrew Adenihy, we got Ryan Collier. We have um, one of our law firm partners down here with us. as well it's going to be a great program and uh we're excited about it it's going to be a lot of fun so i wish you could be here with us but it sounds like you got some great weather there as well and That's right make that for this time of the year
2: you got it you got it so but but i'm sure it'll be a wonderful event as it always is
0: yeah all right uh before we get started uh mikey today it's going to be you and me for the program bert is out uh on business and we wish him well with what he's doing, but uh, he does a great job as always, and he'll be back on the program next week. Uh, also, to keep in mind, on November 2nd, Bert and I will be running a, um, a webinar program that's going to be heavily centered around question and answer for those people who have employees uh, in the state of Illinois. And we're going to deal with the uh, Paid Leave Act of Illinois. Uh, and that will be November 2nd. You can find that on the AIM website. Um, but, Mike, we got two questions for our audience today. Let me get those kicked off. Um, the first question is uh, Are pay equity and pay transparency included in your 2024 compensation budget planning? Uh, so, you have four selections uh, to pick from with that. And then the second question is, what is your organization budgeting for total compensation adjustments? That includes your cost of living, your merit, your market pay adjustments, your total compensation, not just uh, uh, your general wage increase, but what you're going to do across the board. You got to keep in mind pay transparency and uh, equity uh, concerns with that. We'd love to see what you're gonna do, and Mikey is gonna tell us what the trend is as well. All right, Nick, uh, with Bert not being here, I think we're gonna kick off Philbert's Forum, is that correct?
1: That's correct. You've just entered Philbert's Forum, where we peel the onion back and take a lighter look at the workplace. All right, so we're made aware of an article that was on BuzzFeed talking about work scams uh, they had a list of 25, actually had a couple bonus ones. So believe that there's more than 25 things that employees don't like that employers do that they that needs to be stopped from normalizing. So this is a view
0: from the employee, not the employer.
1: That is correct. That is right, correct. So, for we example, have. we have uh, someone who says employers need to stop normalizing, discouraging talking about how much money you make. And the quote here is, it's literally only a tactic to keep workers from comparing notes and establishing financial fairness.
0: Yeah, well, I, I guess I could understand that from the employee's point of view, and you know, being a little old school in myself, coming from the days when we were not allowed to talk about that. Right. In fact, if you did, uh, you were at risk of being fired. That's right. Um, I definitely could understand. Um, you know, from someone's point of view that that's a, a way to prevent us from talking about fairness. Now, at the same time, Mike, I don't know about uh, your your family, um, but my family growing up in an Italian-American family, it was customary. You walk in, you'd see somebody maybe you haven't saw in a year, and they might go, hey, how much you making now? You that's know, right. You bring it yes. in now. I mean, whether it was family or friends, I mean, that was not a question that was off uh, the table, but we didn't discuss it at work.
2: Now, That's true. That's uh, Yes. Well, my father, I come from a Polish background. And so my father always had to stop at what he called the gin mill uh, on his <laughs> way home from work. And when he was at the gin mill, that was always the topic of conversation. OK, so what are you making these days? And he'd come back and he'd start saying, gosh, darn it. I got to change work because I'm making far less than everybody else. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and the final thing on that other part about the old days was we actually had a policy where I worked that pay was confidential, which meant that if you spoke about pay, you breached confidential information, and that's how people were let go. So those days are long gone, of course.
0: (laughs) And, Mike, uh, I know we're going to get into pay equity and uh, transparency discussion here in a little bit. Nick, what else you got for us?
1: Number 23 on the list was companies offering 3% raises while inflation is 8%. Ah, yeah.
2: yeah well people forget the days when we gave 3% increases and we had 1% inflation oh how do we deal with that no
0: oh, that's a good point good point but it is it is difficult, yeah. right? Employers are trying to manage their overall cost, and inflation is uh, sometimes outpacing the merit increases. I know you're going to give us an insight today on those merit uh, right. trends. Um, we know what Sherman and other organizations sure. are predicting, and actually getting a look back and see what happened. But as we think about our auto workers, that's the fight that they're fighting right now, isn't it? I mean, they're saying, "No, we want the we want the." full inflationary adjustment as well as the uh, compensation considering the success of the organization. That's right.
2: Well, remember in 2022, there were a number of AIM members who provided what they called inflation bonuses to their employees, meaning they still held to a 3% pay adjustment, but they gave another 2% as a flat bonus amount to kind of help to reconcile the difference.
1: Yeah, good point. Good
2: point. Anything else, Nick?
1: Yes, we have, you know, the part where I make a hundred bucks for my employer and he gives me ten for my efforts.
0: Yeah, now now Nick, be careful. Uh Fred's listening to the program in oh, the background. No, no,
1: no, I should've no. I'm holding up quote hold on a second. I have oh, my quotes okay. going here. It, it was yeah. some other employee.
0: Yeah, you know, I I gotta be honest. I remember being uh, a young engineer at one time and designing solutions that saved and prevented uh, um, the company from spending a lot of money. And you know, I would get maybe a hundred dollar gift card and you know, pat on the back, good old you know, data boy Phil, good job. And and there was times in my mind, I'm like, that just did not quite seem fair for to me. Um, but, you know, in the end, that's, that's why we're employed is to contribute and, and do those things unless right. it's part of your, your compensation model for sales teams and other incentives. Right. To, right. To
2: and, and that's kind of ties into uh, the way companies have been more transparent today on everything, including right. their finances. And so when you do that, obviously, then you need to be prepared to have that discussion of how you are tied into that.
0: That's right. And and again, that gets back to the auto workers, right? What the right. you know, they're they're banging the table and they're saying, hey, yeah. you guys are making a lot of money at the top of this organization and for shareholders, and we we want our portion of that. Right. Yeah. Nick.
1: Yeah. We do have one more if you'd like to go through it. Uh being gainfully employed without being able to even make basic ends meet.
0: Oh yeah. That is uh that's definitely something that I hear frequently. Um, that makes me think I first go to fast food restaurants, right? We, you know, first campaign was gotta be $15 an hour. Now it's $20 an hour. Um, Mm -hmm. and I don't know when the last time you went through and bought a happy meal is, but oh my goodness, don't buy two of them. Right. It's that, that gets right passed on to us as the consumer and somewhere in there, it shifted from these are, these are jobs for young people who are, you know, in high school or maybe in college trying to earn a few extra bucks to this is my job, my career, my livelihood, and now I can't earn ends meet Um, and and it just gets passed on. And that's a little bit of being out of whack, maybe with the labor pool shortage as well.
2: But I think we're starting to see where, you know, forget state uh, legal minimum wages we're now seeing that eighteen twenty dollar an hour kind of living wage, and just because of supply and demand, in yeah. order to attract people, I think we're starting to see that catching up in a lot of areas. It is, it is. Well, those are that's a great uh, section for Philbert's form. Those are from
0: the employees' point of view, and we had a little bit of fun with that. Um, but nevertheless, I think they're very fair statements of how many of our employees look at. Uh, compensation. And that being today's conversation with Mikey Mack joining us. He is our uh, senior consultant for compensation from Astron Solutions. Um, Those of you that have worked with him uh, understand the value he can bring. And today he's going to share with us uh, some of the mysteries uh, for compensation in 2024. We're going to really have three key insights. The first one's going to be, we're going to talk about pay equity and transparency. And Mike, as, as I'm introducing that, I want you to just give some thought to Help us with um, the difference in how one feeds the other, how transparency creates equity. Um, The other topic we're going to talk about is wage increases uh, and what is being um, predicted for the upcoming year of 2024. Um, And then the never-ending discussion around pay bans and grade adjustments and and how to manage those in such a dynamic time that we're experiencing right now with inflation. Um, and the biggest issue, Mike, that I continuously hear, I wanna throw it out there so you can fit it into the conversation, is we've done a great job with pay transparency and equity. We have great pay grade bands or pay grades and bands. Um, we do fair adjustments and now I have a vacancy. I have to go to the outside and hire someone and that person um, for me to get the person I want is gonna cause my whole pay system to be out of whack. Right. Uh, so you right. can squeeze that into the conversation sure. somewhere. Uh, that would be great, but let's kick it off with uh, pay equity and transparency, Mike. Um, first, tell us what is the difference and how did these two work together?
2: Sure, so so pay transparency was is really being driven by our millennials, our Gen Zs, and now our Gen Alpha, the new gen coming through uh, that basically they expect, they've been, everything's been transparent all their life. So in school and everywhere they've gone. So they're expecting that in the workplace. And so it they're- started with uh,
0: participation awards.
2: Correct, correct. So yes, <laughs> so so when that happened, of course states and many states have taken that on, Illinois being one of those for AIM members uh, starting in 2025. Uh, requirement to post grades and ranges and and your hiring ranges. So with pay transparency, the more we now know about the value of a job and the range of the job, and of course, I know where I'm being paid in that job, it starts raising questions very logically. I look at that and I go, okay, so that range has a maximum of $30 an hour. I've been here 12 years and I'm making $21 an hour. So that's where we start getting into the discussion of pay equity. Why am I not being paid properly within that range? And that raises a concern because, you know, we do have laws and regulations in terms of protected classes. So as people start seeing more in transparency, they're starting to raise more questions about pay equity.
0: Mike, with, uh, pay, with pay transparency, um, how important is it in, you, in your mind to share with people, here's your pay grade or, or your range, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, here's where you're at. And this is our target. How often when you're working with an organization, do you spend time talking about what is your target pay within mm-hmm. a range? Um, Correct. So you yeah. gave the example that, you know, someone who's been there for many years is still very low in the grade that might be okay if your target is low in the grade.
2: Correct, correct. And I think that's where a lot of organizations haven't done a very good job in trying to explain how, first of all, what are we focusing on in that range? So if we are a midpoint philosophy, for example, that we set our midpoints of the range, meaning midway through the range based on the market, so that as you're below that That midpoint, that means you're developing your skills. And if you're over the midpoint, you obviously have exceeded uh, what our expectations are. The problem is that most organizations haven't really addressed that pay equity compression as they've updated their ranges. So for them to go out and say, we have a midpoint philosophy of the market, and then I'm sitting there with, again, my eight years, and I think I'm doing a great job and I'm below that point, that, again, raises a pay equity concern about how I'm being treated as an individual.
0: Now, that may not be a legal pay equity concern if everyone is paid in that same respective position. Um, So you're not really referring to a a legal position. You're talking Mm -hmm. about pay equity to your philosophy of pay at that point
2: correct which also has then an impact obviously on employee relations employee engagement and your know, reputation right yeah. so people talk oh, and they'll say well my employer is a low payer all the time and so people know that it puts a lot of pressure on recruitment and retention
0: how what, what frequency it, you know if you talk about best practice i'm going to look right. at my pay grade and i'm mm-hmm. going to make an adjustment Um, to a pay grade what what frequency is that and Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that organizations should look at when considering those adjustments
2: right so traditionally uh, let's go like before 2022 which kind of changed things a little bit for us with that uh, dramatic inflation traditionally we were generally looking at everywhere from two to three years we could hold our ranges Meaning that, you know, they're wide enough, we had enough, uh, we, they were broad enough that we could deal with the 2%, 3% movements that were occurring. And also, traditionally, ranges usually were adjusted about half of what your normal pay adjustment budget was. So if you had a 3% pay across the board, 1.5% would be about what you would just tweak your ranges. You didn't have to do dramatic moves. The problem came in with 2022, obviously, was that when we hit that 8% inflation, our ranges totally got out of whack. And of course, with the supply and demand issue on top of that, so people have been trying to catch up with their ranges. However, now we have a reverse problem. We didn't provide the employees that same amount, meaning organizations moved ranges 10% in some cases, but they weren't providing 10% increases for their employees, which now created more compression at the lower part of the ranges.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yesterday, I had a conversation with a, a group of uh, HR professionals, roundtable conversation. We were talking about, <clears throat> excuse me, we got into the topic of pay equity, and mm-hmm. uh, many of them felt like, well, they they do a good job managing. Fairness within the organization. So uh, let's just use a group of engineers all paid and within a fair range of each other. And they feel like they have equity within the organization, all within a band. Then they have to go outside and hire a new engineer. And uh, the person they choose that they want to hire is demanding significantly more money. Right. And the question was, do I then take everybody and move them forward, so mm-hmm. the cost of that one engineer is going to cost me the addition of right. all the pay adjustments, or can I leave them there and still say I have pay equity, uh, fairness?
2: Yeah. So, so I think that the the answer to that is how we control and administer our system. So, a lot of clients today and organizations are now putting a lot of teeth into their administrative policies in which they then are working through recruitment with the managers and saying, look, let's look at what that offer is going to do to your group. And they actually have that information uh, analyzed in advance. And then it turns out that, hey, but if you hire this This person, it creates a complete inequity, and we're going to have to make other adjustments in order to accommodate that. The answer sometimes to that manager is, let's look at your number two candidate or your number three candidate, because we may not really be able to deal with that based on our current pay equity compression.
0: It really becomes the the affordability, but I think where you do have um, risk is when you do bring that person in, and sometimes it is a, it can be a younger person than some of the other people within your system, um, and you pay them more, you may create a problem for yourself that creates risk, and you have to determine your risk profile. Correct. 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 Okay. Mike, any great examples of how organizations communicate their, their pay uh, transparency, if you will?
2: So okay, yes.
0: Space, uh, time. How, how are organizations communicating that to their business in a best practice?
2: Right. So, with our experience now with New York, for example, which we've had for over a year, uh, the requirement for pay transparency, uh, one of the things that we found was very helpful was first of all, educating our managers and supervisors because they need to understand, you know, they've only been told the ranges for their jobs under their department. So what our clients are now doing is we're actually having meetings with department heads and saying, here's our entire system. So they now can also see in advance how jobs have been placed in the pay grade and range system so that as that becomes, and they can ask the questions in advance so that they're prepared so that when it now goes to the employees in terms of the posting process, uh, then they can actually uh, be able to answer the questions. Another client actually went ahead and sent every employee a letter or an email that said, this is your pay grade. This is your range from min to max. And actually, because it was in writing, you know what's going to happen. They're sharing it everywhere.
0: Right. And
2: so they took care of it, though. Send it to me in order. an
0: email. I might send it to everyone. and, and That's the true. Because that wouldn't be wrong today. And that goes back to our first, uh, you know, fun comment form. Gilbert's Forum.
2: Correct. And, and and that's where you have to get your leaders also to buy in early on that, look, this is coming. So it's no longer a secret among us in the C-suite of how we're paying people. And our competitors will probably hear about this as well. So we have to be prepared for that. And there needs to be some education early on. So that's really the best practice we've been following.
0: You know, I did have, and this is a a point not to be overlooked. Uh, I did have, when we say we got to get our leaders aligned. If your leaders don't feel that they're aligned with their pay themselves, yeah, then it's a yeah. non starter, right? I mean, forget about it. You gotta, right. they have to feel that they're being paid fairly and inequitably within their group themselves in that's order right. to go and support that position. And you get back to wage compression, there's a lot of times our leaders don't feel that themselves.
2: That's right, that's right.
0: Yeah. OK, hey Mike, let's move on to uh, wage yep.
2: increases.
0: I, I want to be able to get through some of this. Sure. Paul, okay. what can you tell us about where we've been and where we're going as far as wage increases?
2: So it looks like as we, we've gone through the year, uh, statistically, we're finding that we're averaging in 2023 about 4.1 percent. So that's you know, a little bit lower than we thought. And I know we've talked a little bit back in 2022, we were more at the five, five and a half or even six. Uh, so that, though, has been what the overall increases in terms of base pay. So we're not talking about market adjustments, compression studies, minimum Making wage. Up for all pay
0: equity we just talked about.
2: Right. We're only talking about what people have been budgeting for their normal merit or COLA. So that's still running in that 4.4.1, and projections are about the same going into 2024 in terms of that. However, because of pay transparency and pay equity, we know from from client history recently, we're spending at least 1% or 2% more of of payroll in getting uh, adjustments to correct any issues that we find so we're still sticking with our 5% uh, overall on market adjustments
0: yeah now i know one thing that employers struggle with and and when i was working in in large business we struggled with this ourselves um you're giving someone let's just say a 4.1% adjustment and then they need their pay equity adjustment on top of that but you really don't feel like that person performs uh as well as the other people in that same pay band uh, right. but they are clearly behind and it's a it's a confusing message right i'm going to give you your your average pay increase because you deserve that but you don't deserve more than average and then i'm going to give you a pay equity adjustment because you're not paid fairly which makes me happy and and the message is but I need you to perform better. You really didn't earn this. You're getting this because right. of your, your group positioning. So um, the answer the answer tough, to that is,
2: to link the two together though, we have clients now that are actually linking performance and equity in terms of your position in the range. So a quick example, I'm at the bottom of the range, but I'm the best performer. So instead of me getting the normal three, three and a half, I'm gonna get a five or 6% because I need to move you closer to our midpoint philosophy. However, I'm at the top of the range and I'm kind of just getting by. We may not give you anything because you're already paid appropriately. So it's really what we call range management in terms of where people are in the range. You can link that combined with performance to be sure that you are getting that right message.
0: Yeah. And I think the documentation for that is critical. I know I've had it to is. deal with that more than one time in my career right. um, from that standpoint. All right. We got just a couple of minutes left. Mikey, let's get on to pay band and grade adjustments and disparities and kind of what to expect when we get into those things.
2: Yeah, I think I think again it goes back to uh when we look at uh First of all, pay ban adjustments, I just mentioned that, you know, we're probably going to see that return to more normalcy where we're only looking at approximately one half of the normal adjustment in terms of our actual pay ban adjustment. Um, the other thing we're finding, though, is how we define the bands. meaning when we look at a range, there was a many years it was traditionally based only on tenure, right? Where you are in the range, midpoint, tenure years maximum 20 years more and more organizations are getting away from that and making a different decision on competency meaning looking at the lower part of the range as a learning zone middle part for fully competent the top part of the range for more expert so that you can now move people horizontally and use the range as a career path which is very important today because many organizations we can't move vertically but we can provide opportunity horizontally. So that's becoming a new trend more and more of how we use our range to help with, especially our Gen Z's looking for career progression.
0: Yeah, absolutely, thank you for that. Let's take a look at the survey polls right here before we go, Nick, if you can share that on the screen. The first one is uh, what is the uh, pay equity and transparency included in your 2024 planning? Oh, interesting. Um so um that's that's quite interesting there if I look at that um the leading uh result is no but maybe next year for 2025 right uh, but uh quite I mean 25% greater than 25% I said yes and it was included in our 2023 as well
2: yeah. what's your so thought over there? over half are saying that they are, they've been actually considering it
0: that's so. right um, and yes, for the first time. So I, yeah, I, I think that's a great result, um, and yep. that's I think the expected result when we look at those questions that we were right. having fun with in the beginning. Um, it's a sign of the times.
2: That's right. Okay. The next.
0: Okay. Ah. What is your What is your organization budgeting for total compensation adjustments? Right. Okay. Um, uh, that's right in line with your crystal ball, Mike, four to five percent. That's right.
2: We're, we're, we're following along. And we had 20 percent that are saying it's going to be greater than five. Greater so than people five. are now understanding the difference between just a wage adjustment on the base and the total compensation when we deal with compression market and the like.
0: Yeah. I think that as we continue to have a tight labor market, I mean, the demand is going to be in favor for the job seeker. Correct. Uh, and they're Correct. going to be able to make demands that we're going to have to accommodate um, the best that we can. That's going to continue to push and create pressure on our current structure. Um, I and agree. So my guess is we're going to be in, in flux for a while in managing that structure. And that's the reason that, you know, you want to work with someone like Mikey Mack, uh, whoever your compensation consultant is, um, to have a plan and an approach. You don't want to be You know, crumbling up the paper, throwing it over your shoulder and starting over every single year with a new approach. You want to have Mm -hmm. a planned approach, work your plan the best that you can um, to put yourself in position to minimize your risk, you know, and and capitalize on, you know, a pay structure that works to your advantage, not Mm -hmm. one that is uh, really creating more headaches for you. Mike, sure. I'm really happy to be having some of your team down here in Florida with us uh, tomorrow. I'll be looking for them at the bar tonight. Until then, we will be back here next week at 7:30 uh, Central Time, 8:30 Eastern Time. We'll see you then. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you once again for tuning into this week at work. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your colleagues. Forward our invites. Share the link aimea.org forward slash this week at work or follow or subscribe wherever you get your news and entertainment, like LinkedIn, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you are. And you can be part of the show. Send your questions and comments anytime to info at thisweek.work. We'll see you next week, 7.30 a.m. Central Time, when we discuss what's happening this week at work.